This is TCH. Welcome to the Christian's Hour. I'm Stan Smelser, program host. For many people, the month of January is a month to detoxify from all the overeating during the holidays. Perhaps January might be a great time to spiritually detox as well. This month on TCH, we're hearing from Gene Apple and Mike Bro. Gene and Mike minister with Eastside Christian Church with campuses in Southern California, Nevada, and Minnesota. There are a great many things that can be toxic to our spiritual walk, things that clog us up, weigh us down, cloud our spiritual vision, things like, say, a hurried, overpacked life, a tortured soul, a heavy heart, even a cluttered mind. All this month, we're looking at how we can detoxify our souls and empower our relationship with God. Okay, the foundational definition of our journey this month is we are a soul that happens to have a body. And at the heart of our burdens, pun intended, can be a heavy heart. So to help us lighten the load, here's Gene Apple. So we're in this series, Detox, and we're basing it on a thought from Craig Rochelle's book, Soul Detox, that says, you are not a body that happens to have a soul, but we are all a soul with a body. And today, if many of you were to describe the condition of your soul, you would say that you have a heavy soul. Or maybe you would describe it to say you have a heavy heart. Maybe you've gone through a season of loss recently. You lost a job. You've retired from a career and you kind of don't know what to do with yourself next. Maybe you've moved recently and you left family behind or memories and relationships behind somewhere else. Maybe you were dumped by a girlfriend or a boyfriend that has left your heart a bit tattered. Maybe your soul is heavy because of loneliness and an absence of meaningful relationships. Maybe your soul is heavy right now because you've buried someone that you love that you haven't been able to get over, a parent, a spouse a child, a miscarriage. Or maybe your heart is heavy right now for reasons you can't even articulate and you don't even understand. According to the American Psychological Association, our generation has the highest percentage of people who live with a constant low-grade depression. And here's what's interesting. Millennials are more stressed than any other current living generation. I'm not talking about deep clinical depression here right now, but I'm just talking about this low-grade depression where you just kind of live all the time with a heavy heart. And you can't really describe what's wrong, but nothing really seems quite right either. We have heavy hearts. We have more than any other generation has ever had before us, and yet there's an inner dissatisfaction. There's a longing for more. There's a lack of hope. There's an absence of optimism. And what we feel isn't anything new. In fact, thousands of years ago, King David wrote in Psalm 42, 5, he asked this question, why am I discouraged? Why is my, say it, heart so sad? Why is my heart so sad? Why do I carry this heavy heart with me? In other words, there's a heaviness in my soul. Some of you look back at your past and situations that you're in and you wonder, why is my heart so sad? Why am I so down? I can tell you it's one of three things. It's either regrets from your past, it's troubles in your present, it's anxiety about your future. Even Jesus experienced this when he went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And notice when Jesus went there to pray, the Bible says he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And notice he said, my what? My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Even Jesus, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. In other words, his soul was heavy. Some of you look back at your past. Some of you look at some of the situations that you're in right now. Some of you, you try to get your head around the future. You're deeply distressed and you're troubled. And maybe there's nothing really wrong right now, but there's nothing really right right now in your life. And we all have different ways of coping with a heavy heart. For some people, it's pills where they try to escape. Others, it's alcohol that they use to numb the pain. Some just binge watch Netflix for hours on end, or maybe they lose themselves on the internet, just surfing the web. Some of you are gamers and you will play video games for weeks on end. Maybe you fantasize your life away in novels. Others try affairs. Some people sleep all the time trying to dull the pain. Some people, it's just endless activity. Busy, 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 busy to try to avoid dealing with it. I want you to look one more time at these words of David in Psalm 42, where he says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And then it's interesting to me. It's almost like he shouts to his soul. It's like he's preaching to his soul. And he says, soul, I will put my hope in God. And he declares that. He just says to his heart, heart, put your hope in God. You see, David's experience and my own experience in life is that God's power and presence is the only pathway for release of your heavy heart. God's power and presence is your only pathway for release of your heavy heart. Now, let's talk about this word release for a moment. Release of your heavy heart. A lot of us grew up being taught that to act as if something didn't bother us, that something didn't hurt was a sign of strength, that you don't express it, you hold it in. I think us guys especially struggle this with this. We're just silent about things and we hold it in. When I was a kid, every summer our family would travel 700 miles from our home in Lincoln, Illinois to our cabin up in Park Rapids, Minnesota for our summer vacation. And we would load up eight of us in a four-door Chevy Impala, mom and dad, six kids and a dog. And all the way there, we would ask our mom and dad a thousand times the question that kids always ask when they're on a car in a trip, which is, are we there yet? Yeah. And we would fight and we would argue about the radio station and it's the wrong channel and it's the wrong volume and we're too hot and we're too cold. And my brother or my sister just dared to cross the line and come into my space. And when mom and dad couldn't take it anymore, sometimes they would say, hey, we've got an idea. Why don't we play the quiet game? Remember the quiet game? Oh yeah. The, the, the winner of the game was whoever could be quiet the longest. Well, my parents loved this game. They got a lot of mileage out of that stupid little game. And I remember one day having the thought, I don't have to play this game. I can talk. I'm 18 years old. I don't have to play. Actually, it was a little before that that I thought I don't have to be quiet. But sometimes in Christian circles, people think it's super spiritual if they're carrying a heavy heart that you put on this strong exterior and you pretend that it doesn't hurt and you hold your head high and you play the quiet game. You pretend that it doesn't hurt by showing how strong you are by just being silent. When people ask you how you're doing, you just say, fine, everything's fine. And I don't know where that idea comes from because it does not come from the Bible. The Bible says there's a time to dance, but it also says there is a time to mourn. 
There's a time to be sad. There's a time for everything. Psalms may be the most popular book of the Bible, and yet the majority of the Psalms, if you read through them, they're written by writers who are just moaning. Why me? Why now? Where are you, God? Why don't you do something about this? Why is my heart so heavy? There's even an entire book of the Bible called the Lamentations, which are just someone lamenting with a heavy heart. I wouldn't suggest you read it if you need a good pick-me-up today because it's not going to cheer you up. But it's a reminder that the Bible gives us complete permission that there is a time to mourn. There is a time where you release your heaviness to God. You go off on God. He can handle it. You release your heaviness to others. A few years ago, one of my daughters called me from college and she was weeping. And she had a heavy and broken heart that was pretty fresh for her. And she asked me if I would come get her. And that if she could come home for a couple days. She needed her daddy. And I was honored that she called me. I was honored that she asked to come get me. I was honored that she could process this with me. Listen, I don't know what kind of earthly father you had. Some of you had an earthly father. You would never process something with them. But I know this is about your heavenly father. He's one you can release to. He's one you can take your hurts to. He's one you can lift your heavy heart to. You don't have to live with a heavy heart, but you can put your hope in his power and presence as your heavenly father. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says. All praise to the God, or God and what's this word? Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that word, Father. He is the source of every mercy and the God who what? Comforts us. He is the God who comforts us. The word comforts comes from the Greek word paraklesis, which means come alongside. Come alongside to comfort, paraklesis. God the Holy Spirit is a word that we refer to called paraclete. God comes alongside of us to help. If you're an attorney, you know what it is to have a paralegal, one who comes alongside of you to help. If you're crazy enough to jump out of an airplane, you have a para what? Yeah, for that critical moment when you need help, right? When you need comfort in that moment. Friends, for anyone who has a heavy heart right now, for anyone who is grieving right now, for anyone in pain today, for anyone who is lamenting loss today, you have a heavenly father who you can release your heavy heart to and who will come alongside and who will comfort with his power and his presence. When Jesus was born, he was given the name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. He's with us. God was coming to earth to identify with us, to experience what we experience, to suffer with us. Jesus did more than just take our guilt and sin when he went to the cross, but he took our suffering and pain. The Bible calls him a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. What do you think about that? Of all the gods that human minds have ever conceived, only the God of the Bible is the God who enters into our world and into our pain, and into our suffering, and who grieves with human beings. Here's a powerful passage from Second Chronicles in the Old Testament of the Bible. Hezekiah, the king of Judah, is talking in chapter 32 there. And Hezekiah says to his people, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. There was this, this army that they were going to face from Assyria and people were all freaked out about it. And the Assyrian army was so strong and they felt weak. And Hezekiah says, but there is a what? Greater power. In fact, I want you to just say those words again because I want you to really absorb those at the depth of your soul. Say it. For there is a 
greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of the flesh. I mean, they've just got, you know, the flesh. That's all they've got. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battle. Isn't that a powerful verse? He says they have just what they have. They just got the arm of the flesh. But we have what God has. We have a greater power. And friends, if you've trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is your greater power. And he is with you. And this God knows our needs. And we can bring our hurts. We can bring our heaviness to him. His power and presence. He is the Father who comforts us. Eight years ago, last October, I became the pastor of Eastside. And the past eight years have been the most exciting adventure of my life. I have the greatest job in the world. I can't even tell you how much I love this church. I love all of you and count it a privilege to get to do what I get to do. And on my one of my first days that I was in my office eight years ago, I was unpacking and getting settled and there were some cabinets in there. And, and inside the cabinets, there were different things from the church's history, some things that uh, the former pastor had left behind. And so I was kind of cleaning out some of those and tossing a few things, keeping a few things. And, and, and I came across this card right here. There's a family in our church named the Osborne family, multiple generations of the Osbournes have been a part of Eastside over the years. And back in the 80s, they had a horrific tragedy happen in their family when their 14-year-old daughter, Wendy, was walking to school one day and she was abducted and she was abused and she was murdered. And the kind of thing, you know, that raises so many questions and why and questions that you don't really get answered till you get to heaven one day. It's just mysterious why something like that could happen. And in honor to remember Wendy and as a memorial to her at the former Fullerton campus that Eastside used to have, there was a pedestrian bridge that was built to honor her. And this card right here was uh, used on the day that they dedicated this bridge. And that's the picture of what's on the card. And I don't know why that day, but this moved me. I was a new pastor and I stuck it in this black folder that I carry with me every time I preach. I've carried this for years. I preach from this black folder and I just stuck it in the pocket of it. And I, I couldn't tell you why I did. It just moved me. And I've carried it with me for eight years. Every time I preach, it's with me. It's in a little pocket in the front of this folder. Wherever I've taught in the world, it's with me. And again, I couldn't tell you why. I just felt prompted by God to put it there. Last October, I was preaching up in Sparks, Nevada for my friend Steve Bond, who leads a great church there. He'd asked me to preach one of my favorite sermons that day called, What is Heaven Like? And in that sermon, I have a section where I talk about the fact how in heaven, we're going to be able to ask God questions to all those mysteries that we never understood in this life and why they were a part of his unfolding plan. At the end of the service that day, they had a baptism celebration and about 50 people were being baptized outdoors in their parking lot on a pool that they had set out there. And I was out there celebrating, clapping, and was enjoying it. And there was a woman who came up to me and I didn't recognize. And she said to me, she said, Gene, you probably know the question that I have for God someday. And I kind of looked puzzled and like she thought I knew who she was and I didn't, wasn't hitting me who she was. And then she realized I didn't know who she was. And she said, she said, uh, Gene, I'm, I'm Carolyn Osborne, Wendy's mom. She said, you probably know the question that I have for God. And I put my arm around her and I said, Carolyn, I said, I don't want to freak you out right now. 
I was carrying this with me. I said, I'm going to show you something I've carried with me for eight years. And I pulled out this card. And I said, Carolyn, eight years ago, I stuck this in this folder. And I, I don't know why I did at the time, but I've carried with this me for eight years. Wherever I've preached in the world, this memorial to Wendy has gone with me. And I said, it's just kind of a reminder to me what the stakes are and how important this is. And I said, I didn't know them, but I know now. I said, I believe God prompted me to put this in this folder so that eight years later in this moment, I could remind you, you have a heavenly father whose power and whose presence is with you. And he wants to comfort you. And he wants to remind you, you are not alone. And friends, I really believe. I really believe God prompted me to do that for that moment and that day. With God, we can be strong and courageous because we have a greater power that's within us. And some of us, like David today, we just need to declare to our heart, heart, put your hope in God. Because God's power and presence is the only pathway for the release of your heavy heart. Now, I know many of you, you genuinely believe that. You believe it deeply in your soul and your heart. And yet, and yet, if you're honest about it, you say, I don't feel that, Gene. Many of you have attempted as best you can to release your heavy heart to God. You've relied on the Holy Spirit to come alongside with his power and presence. But you don't feel and sense his power and presence. And this raises the question of the day, which is puzzling to many of you. Why don't I sense God's power and presence in my life in my circumstances right now. I've prayed, I've begged to God, I've asked over and over, but I still don't sense his power and presence. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. This is the sermon in a sentence, the big idea of the day, the tweetable quote of the day. If you're taking notes, write this down. God's power and presence is only fully experienced in community with God's people. It's always been God's plan. Jesus put it this way. In Matthew 18, verse 20, he said, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there, what? Among them. Notice God's power and presence. When two or three gather together, God says, I am there among them. You know how I learned this? Like I learn about everything the hard way. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but when my former wife left me back in the 80s and went off and married a buddy of mine, I'm dealing with my brokenness and the pain and the heaviness of that moment. And I came to the realization that I really didn't have any real community with anybody. I didn't have real connection. Oh, I had lots of friends, lots of family, people I hung out with, but I didn't let people get close to me. I really didn't let them inside my heart and soul. I kept them at a distance. And there was a period of time where I kind of went into further isolation and more into a shell and and I had a buddy who wrote me a letter that cracked me open to the possibility of moving towards some connection and community with other people. And here's what he wrote. He, he said, Dear Gino, that's what a lot of my friends and family call me. You can call me that if you want. He said, I cannot tell you how much I feel for you at this time. And I wish there were words to describe my sorrow. We are praying daily and thinking about you constantly. You are a dear friend and a constant source of Christian uplift in our lives. I realize at a time like this, time to be by yourself and the Lord is most important, but I don't want you to forget my lines are open for you. I wish at a time like this, I could just give you a hug and take over all the pain you're feeling in your heart. But since this is not possible, I would like to share the load with you. 
For a friend to share the load, this means to be there any time of day or night. I'm here for you, pal. I hope you will turn to me for anything you want. Our home is wide open for you. Our hearts are open for you. You are like a brother to me, and I love you. When you are good and ready, please contact me any time of day or night. It doesn't matter. We won't stop praying for you or thinking about you. Well, I took the risk, and I made contact. And I decided I wasn't going to withdraw anymore, and I was going to take the risk and open up myself to some trusted confidants to invest in some relationships. I've made my share of bad decisions in my life. That was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life. And I started meeting with that guy and three other guys. There were five of us. We had breakfast every day, lived in Vegas at the time. And we would meet at a hotel casino there, get this in their coffee shop. We could get two eggs, bacon or sausage, hash browns, toast and coffee for 99 cents a piece. Can you believe that? We were always fighting over the check. I'll buy today. No, it was five bucks for all of us, you know? And we started doing life together and encouraging each other. And I'm telling you, in that circle around that table, I found unconditional acceptance, uncommon wisdom, and complete confidentiality. And I am forever grateful. And you know what else I started to experience? I started to experience God's power and presence because wherever two or three are gathered together, there he is also. And I sensed it in that community of people. Now, friends, listen to me. For this principle to really take root in your life, you need to know this involves much more than sitting in a room on the weekend in rows. That's why I'm asking every one of you, if you're serious about your soul, if you're serious about spiritual growth in this new year, to move toward a small group or lead a small group, start circling up with other people because you will never fully experience God's power and presence apart from community. You're always going to need that. Every follower of Jesus who is concerned about their soul needs to be in a small group because I'm telling you, sooner or later, like me, you're going to experience a heavy heart and you're going to need some people who can share the load with you and who can comfort you and who can be the conduit for God's power and presence in your life. Now, you can come up with a million excuses not to do that. Well, who's got the time to carve out a night every week or every once every, uh, you know, a morning every week? And, and I don't know why I would do that. Or in some cases, I'm not sure I'm even going to like these people or my wife likes the three other women in the room. But I look at the three other husbands and we just stare at each other and we don't know what to do. Or maybe you're single and you think, you know, I don't even know if I want to take the time. And some of the people there, they're not even cute. And I am so busy and... Friends, listen, you don't have the time not to make this investment because sooner or later, you will experience a heavy heart. It's all the difference in the world when circumstances hit. And some people have these relationships in their life and some people don't have these relationships in their life. I used to serve on a church staff with a tremendous Christian woman we lost from cancer when she was just 56 years old. And she'd only been a follower of Jesus for seven years. But when she became a follower of Jesus, she was serious about it. And she took her next steps. And she and her husband got into a small group together where they experienced God's power and presence. They really experienced it from this little tribe of people that they were in a circle with. And a couple of weeks before she died, she wrote these words. She said, we live in a day of isolation, which goes by the name of independence. But our hearts yearn for good communication and association and to be a part of something and to belong. How do you get connected in an isolated world? Let me tell you very simply, she said, get into a small group where you'll experience love, friendship, accountability, meaningful prayer, 
Build relationships, invite them for coffee, bring them to your home, be there for them. And when trials come, they'll be there for you. She said, I've experienced that firsthand through my battle with cancer. My husband and I have been on the receiving end of so much love, kindness, and prayers. When people took their lunchtime to visit me in the hospital, when they talked and prayed with me, when they brought more food than we could ever eat, this was love and operation. You see, she knew it. She had experienced it. God's power and presence is only fully experienced in community with God's people. If you have that in your life, thank God for it today. If you don't have that in your life, move toward it today. Move from sitting in rows on the weekend and get in a circle during the week where you'll experience God's power and God's presence in fresh ways in your life. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? David says, I will put my hope in God. Just as when my kids have needs, I want to meet them. Just as when my kids are hurting, I want to heal them. Just as when my kids are afraid, I want to stay with them till they feel secure. Your heavenly father invites you right now to release your sadness, your heavy heart to him, to put your hope in him. Oh, heaven is in my heart. 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 Everybody sing. Oh, heaven is in my heart. Can't you feel it? Oh, heaven is in my heart. The kingdom of our Lord is here. Heaven is in my heart. The presence of His Majesty, heaven is in my heart. Come on and sing along. Oh, 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 heaven is in my heart. Do you believe it? Oh, 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 heaven is in my heart. In His presence, joy abounds. Heaven is in my heart. Light of holiness surrounds. Heaven is in my heart. I like to sing. temple of the Lord. Heaven is in my heart. We worship Him in one accord. Our thanks to Acapella Ministries for their spiritual heart-lightening music of worship. Ever find yourself holding on to stuff you might need, and then it grows to the point where you can't find what you're looking for because of all the junk? 
Well, carrying hurts, loss, and burdens around in our hearts can be like that. Soon our heart becomes so burdened that it can hamper our every move, even destroy us. Perhaps it's time to detox or unload our hearts to a God who is willing to take on the burdens of our heart. God wants to help, but we have to let him. Will you let him? We have a free copy of today's program available online for download at oneplace.org, iTunes, Google Play, or our website, thechristianshour.org. That's thechristianshour.org. If you prefer, we have CDs of the program available by calling 515-770-2241. That's 515-770-2241. Please leave your name and mailing address when you call. We'll send your free copy on CD. Thanks for listening today to TCH. And please join us again next week for another message from God's Word.